Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week's episode is about a topic that I've never really touched on so much before, and that's PR and press releases. And as always, we repurposing edge to it. Um, I have a great guest, Sally Falco. So Sally is an accredited PR practitioner with the Public Relations Society of America, and she's been a pioneer in the change to digital PR and writes about the impact of technology on the media, PR and marketing in her blog, proactivereport.com. And she also has a book, Smart News, How to Write Content That Gets Found in Search and Shared on Social Media, which covers how to write news releases in the digital age. So, Sally, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Amy, and thank you for inviting me. <laughs> it's quite a big introduction, actually. <laughs> are there any? Are there any? Any big? What have I missed in that introduction? Well, probably only my research um, work that I do for the Society for New Communications Research. My research projects every year are on how content in the media is changing and therefore how companies and business owners have to change the content they produce in order to meet the needs of the media. So, you know, I'm really, really pleased to have you on the show. It's just, I think it's a very relevant topic for my audience and something that people are going to get a lot out of talking about about this topic in particular and, and press releases and and how you can repurpose content for them and how they can be repurposed as well. But I think it's, you know, the best to start with, you know, how did press releases get started? You know, what are they and how are they changing now that we are more of a digital age? Well, they started more than 100 years ago. And at that time, of course, the only real media that was available to reach your audience was newspapers. And so... When companies wanted to get out their side of a story, the very first press release, in fact, was done by a railroad company after a big railroad accident. And the person that they hired to help them with this was a journalist, a newspaper journalist. So when he first created the idea of a press release, he did it from the viewpoint of what editors in newspapers wanted because, of course, that was the media of the day. And so they were very relevant in that format for many, many years. But we've had a lot of changes as in the last 118 years or however long it is. And, you know, then radio came along and then TV came along and then they wanted video and then the Internet came along and then we kind of went back to text because at the beginning of the Internet, Due to the bandwidth problems, it was almost impossible to even download an image. It would take an hour. Mm -hmm. So everything went back to text. And then as we developed more and more bandwidth, now everything has gone visual again. And people like visual because it's easy to consume. We all like eye candy. It's, you know, that's what attracts our eyes is good images rather than read screeds and screeds and screeds of text. And many studies have shown that people retain much more information when there's a visual aspect to it. 
Now, believe me, the media is not unaware of this. And if you look up all the stats on the growth of visual content on the web, you will see amazing statistics, like 89% of all the content on the web is now visual, and the growth of video, and by 2025, pretty much everything is going to be in video. I completely agree with you. I think it was this year at Social Media Marketing World in, in March, um, they brought up uh, some, you know, lots of research and statistics in the opening keynote, and one of the things they said was that, you know, visual visuals are basically the most important form of marketing, especially on social media. And I'll, I'll put the stats in the show note, but it was, you know, something along the lines of 80 or 90 percent of marketers who had been involved in this huge survey said that visual marketing is is the number one most important form of marketing. So, you know, I completely agree with you on that. I've read so much about it myself as well. Right. And just one stat on social media, for instance, a tweet that has an image in it gets 150% more retweets than one without. And so from a media point of view, all these stats that we read, of course, are about companies and their marketing and, and the consumers and the readers and what they want. But don't for one minute think that this doesn't also apply to media sites. They're very smart, the guys who run the news sites and the newspapers and the TV stations. They watch their analytics very carefully, and they have seen over the years that when they post stuff with videos and pictures and infographics, and again, just to make a point, not any old picture. This is not the kind of thing where you say, Oh, yeah, on my checklist it says I need an image. Oh, oh, there's one. Let me put that one in. (laughs) It's not that. It's an original image that's relevant to the story. And it's something that will extend the experience of the viewer. So if there's a story about a dog, you need the picture to show you what maybe they're not getting from just reading the story. Does that make sense? Yeah, so and I guess what you're saying is that, you know, you often think of press releases as being text, you know, sending off a written article to the press or, you know, a release. But I guess what you're saying is that it's just so important now in press releases to be thinking more about the multimedia content that you provide in. Um, as you said, video, visuals, as people aren't as responsive to just the text-based press releases anymore. Exactly. Now, because of my research, I talk to editors and reporters and bloggers a lot, and and they tell me quite clearly that unless you send really good visuals with your press release, your chances of having that press release used drop dramatically because they know that on the other end they're serving their readers. And as we've said, all this research shows that it's what the readers want. They are looking for stories with images and videos and infographics. And so that's now what the media is looking for. The other thing that's changed a lot in the newsrooms is that they don't have the staff that they used to have. 
Newspapers and TV stations have gone through a really hard economic time. The internet has pretty much killed their business. And so they're not making as much money as they used to. And they've had to lay off huge numbers of reporters. From the research, we know that every reporter on average writes about 10 stories a month. If you now just cut hundreds of people out of your newsroom, there goes all those stories. And that handful of reporters that's left in the newsroom has to try and cover the amount of content that was there before. So this is a huge opportunity from a PR point of view, from a business point of view, because there is a bigger demand for media and news content, and there are less people producing it in the newsrooms. So they're using more press release content than they ever were before. So the value of a press release now is not what it used to be, where you would, as you say, you would write a text press release in a very kind of formalized way and would probably start off ABC Company today announced that, blah, 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 blah. Because the purpose of that was to send it to a newspaper just to give them the information, and then it would go to a reporter who would look at it and say, oh, this is quite interesting, and he or she would write the story. That's not how it works now. They're looking for the story. Mm. So you have to kind of wear the hat of the reporter when you write your press release. You've got to write the story, and you've got to provide the visual assets with it so that when it does get seen by a reporter, you've kind of done half their job for them. And believe me, they love you for doing that. Yeah, I completely agree. A good friend of mine, Janet Murray, who um, I've had on the podcast before, and she was a you know a, a journalist for many years, and she always says that you need to write the story, and you need to write the story not that you want to tell, but the story that other people want to hear. Exactly <laughs> and there's often so. a, a very different um, you know very different between what you think is that great story to tell, and actually note that that the story that want pe- people want to hear can be often very different, and don't get caught up in just you know what you think is interesting, it's not always interesting to other people. So I completely um, get what you're saying. What I wanted to ask is, um, you know, it sounds today in the digital age, you know, people with small businesses, they have uh, maybe tried to create video content for YouTube and the website or um, like myself have podcasts or blog. And then when you talk about press releases, it sounds like it might be, you know, a bit more work and maybe not as accessible. And, you know, people maybe feel like with this whole world of social media too, do you need to do press releases? But what are the, the benefits of producing press releases and you know if you are sold on the idea how often should you do a press release i definitely feel that it is worthwhile doing it because you are telling your story in a different way than you are on social media and in a blog post it just it has a different flavor to it it's more of a news story but you're getting to tell the story rather than just sending the bare facts and hoping that some reporter's going to write it, and will he or she write it the way you want it to be written? But you're quite correct. It's very important that you figure out 
what is newsworthy. I, I got a request the other day from a company saying, we need some press releases that will cover announcements, new hires, uh, events that we do within the company. And I have to write back to them and say, look, I will write your press releases with the greatest of pleasure, but these are not things that the media is going to find newsworthy. So you have to look and see what every company has an angle. There's always a story in a company. You just have to find that news angle. So, and the person who knows it best is probably the business owner. But very often they don't look at it as something amazing or interesting because that's what they do. So sometimes you just need somebody to give you some guidance or a little bit of coaching perhaps and then say, oh, look, oh, you do that? Wow, that's fantastic. Look at that. And that would be something that would be very newsworthy. Just to give you an example, I worked with a, a fellow who has a concrete cutting business. Now, if you could think of anything more prosaic and boring than concrete cutting, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I probably couldn't. And he had that viewpoint. He, he said, how can you possibly think that anyone in the media would be interested in me? I make holes in walls. And then I said, well, let me just look at what you do. So what do you think was one of the most interesting things you ever did? Oh, well, I did this, and then I did that, and then I did, uh, oh, oh, no, yes, we did all the seismic retrofitting for the original quad at Stanford University. And my little ears picked up. I said, what? And so I went and spoke to the construction company that had hired him. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> And they said, oh, yes, we would never hire anybody except that guy because he's an absolute artist. It was such a difficult job, and every little piece had to be taken out and, and labeled by hand and put back in so that you would never know any work had been done. This is a historical building. Now, that is a story. To him... He gets hired to do this kind of thing all the time because of who he is. But to him, it's like me, I'm making another hole in another wall. <laughs> yeah, we, got, we got heaps of media coverage on him because of just looking at that one aspect that makes him different. Yeah, so it's such an interesting story, and I think you're right that we don't always see um, – what is interesting about what we do because we're too close to it and it sometimes takes somebody to help you step back doesn't it and see the right. stories that you have with what you do and that's such a good example because you know as you said it at first when you you know you're talking about what the you know concrete doesn't sound that interesting but there's something there I think it's really interesting because I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk who made this quote that people say a lot, which is that today every small business, every entrepreneur is a media company. You can't get away from it. You, media is a really important aspect of your business and we're all, because we have access to me, digital media, 
we are we can play media companies on a small scale but it, that's all well and good but you need to know what media to create and you need to know how you're going to resonate with people and and there's quite an art to finding that story isn't there you know you might not see it yourself and you may need some help to see it and it's um, maybe when you look at press releases and you're talking about that you have more of the journalistic view of how you're going to find the story more so than if you put out you know a blog or a podcast you kind of maybe thinking a bit too inside your head and inside yourself and you put it on your own blog but when you're thinking well this is going to the press you're thinking a bit I think you kind of think more in a journalistic style don't you and you think of it more as a, a story that has to be sold basically don't you yes and it was the point that you made earlier you have to look at what somebody else wants to hear what would they find interesting because yeah, that's mm -hmm. the newspapers and the, and the tv stations and the news websites and, and all those kind of things, what they're looking for is readership. And so, of course, they want content that's going to attract people to come and read their stuff. So in terms of every person, so if you have gone to the effort to create a press release, um, what other forms of content could you then repurpose into I guess we've already touched on visuals but what you know have you seen examples where one press release has been broken down and and put into you know different places and, and all that kind of thing yes most press releases are not terribly long they average around about 400 words but you could depending on what is in the press release you could take other things related to that press release that are not necessarily in the press release to extend the story. So let's say I did put out a press release about being on the podcast today, but instead of just saying I'm going to be on the podcast, thinking from the reader's viewpoint, I said the reason I'm going to be on the podcast is because I'm going to share my new research about this and that, and, and small business owners will find this interesting because, so then there's something, I'm putting something out there that would make them say, oh, that's, that's something I would want to listen to. And then I might take some part of that and say, well, I haven't expanded on that particular thing in the press release. Let me write a blog post to expand more on that point. And then I could do a guest post somewhere else, also going over more of, the, of what was in the press release. You don't want to just duplicate the press release, but you repurpose it into something else. Yeah, because then, you, you know, you could, you could put yourself on camera and you could talk about the, the press release, the topic within oh, yeah. the press release. Um, you could, you probably, if you followed your advice, you've created some really good visual content that could get posted out onto the social media platforms and on your own website as well, couldn't it? And make that stand right. out. So, um, and, and it's, it's actually said, as I always say with repurposing, it's not, um, copying the same thing, thing again. It's expanding on it and building on it and, you know, looking at different angles as well. I suppose another, um, you know, I, I asked you about repurposing our press release, but probably maybe the, the better question then as well to ask is how can you create press releases from your existing content? Because 
um, I guess that must be a really good thing to do when you're thinking of uh, press releases to repurpose existing content, right? Yes, look, if you had a really good piece of research, for instance, that you had put out in a white paper, that is dead easy to repurpose into a press release. Even a good blog post can be repurposed into a press release. There are many different things that you can do. If, in terms of if somebody's listening now and they're thinking, right, I, I really should get on with this um, press release, <laughs> it sounds like a really good thing to do, but it still, to me, sometimes sounds a little bit um, out of reach, you know, for, for, for people. How how do you how would you recommend you know the first step getting started with um, trying to repurpose a piece of content um, for a press release, and how do you go about doing that? Well, first of all, would just be to look at what content you have and see what you think the main point of that is. And then look at it with a very critical eye as though you were going to read it in a magazine or a newspaper. And then say, would this be interesting to me? Where in this thing is there something that might be newsworthy? And usually newsworthy consists of some very basic things, statistics, um, big money, big names, controversy. And, of course, if you read the newspapers and you watch the news, you know that it's mayhem and buckets of blood and people dying. That's always news, but that's not what we're going to write about. <laughs> so it generally would be around something controversial, yes, Something new that's never been done before or something that would, like I was talking about with that thing with the Stanford University, it's interesting. It's something you haven't really heard about. So you have to look at your piece of content and say, okay, now what is in here that's really interesting? Then that would become the focus of your press release. Because without that, if it's not newsworthy, it's a waste of time to write the press release, really. Because even if it doesn't get picked up by the media, it will get published somewhere online, but then nobody's going to want to read it because it's dead boring. <laughs> exactly. And, and I guess, you know, you, you write your press release and, as you said, create maybe some really good visual um, content to go with it. And then... How do you actually go about approaching the press then? What would be the next step once you think you've got this great press release and some visual content to help help boost it? The best thing to do if you want to get media today is not to just put it out onto one of the major wire services. Much as they, I'm sure they won't like me saying that. The reporters, very few of them actually look on the wire for content to publish anymore because... Once it's been put out on a wire service, which is like the AP wire, business wire, market wire, I'm sure in England you have similar things. Yeah. The minute that it goes on there, it goes into the Internet. That means that that story is available to the public. It's not an exclusive news story anymore. In media terms, they've broken the news. It's out there. So now it's not interesting to the newspapers and the TV stations because it's out and it's available. 
So if you want to really get media coverage, you write your press release, you start off with the four, five W's, who, what, when, where, and why. That's like the most important. That has to tell you the news bit in the beginning. And then you go down and you, you give more data about each one as you go down. You have all your visuals. And then what you should do is look and see what kind of media you would like to be covered in. So is it the national ones? I mean, we would all like to be in the Wall Street Journal. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but if you are in, in a particular area, maybe you could look in your little city for your newspaper, your TV station, see who else covers this kind of information. And then find that reporter, see if you can find them on LinkedIn, connect with them on LinkedIn, maybe follow them on Twitter. Most journalists are on Twitter. Retweet some of their stuff. And slowly over time, you have to build up a little bit of a relationship with them so that you're a little bit on their radar. And then you email your press release to them directly. Don't add attachments of big files. Don't add the images because they won't look at it and they'll just get irritated with you for clogging up their, their inbox. You need to put all that stuff on your own website and then just put a one or two paragraph little introduction to get their interest and say, you can read the full release here and give them a link. And should you um, really just target one journalist at a time, um, you know, in case they run with it and then it's in multiple places, or is it okay to do it with multiple different journalists? You can do multiple journalists, mm. but the minute that one person publishes it, the rest of them won't. You have to yeah. You like You let them know that it's being published elsewhere, do you, and then... Yeah. And but I suppose if you ultimately do, you know, manage to build those relationships with some key journalists, then it right. becomes rewarding in the end. I know that there's um there's a Twitter hashtag. I don't know if it's only in the UK. Um, journo request P potentially it is, and I know that um. I've, again, Janet Mori, a friend of mine who was a journalist, she often recommends to follow this journal request hashtag um, just to see when journalists are looking for stories as well. Um, they put them on there and then you can have a look and, you know, maybe sometimes you'll actually see a story that, you know, you could respond to. Um, which I know that's different to, um, to different press releases, but maybe sometimes a way to get in front of some of the journalists is to work with them on, you know, slightly different stories. But then as you're working with them on that, you might, I guess you may be able to kind of build that relationship for other ideas as well. Um, that's, that's all really useful. I think, you know, something that I haven't done at Content 10X and I've always been interested in, but thought it seemed a bit, out of reach, I suppose, but what you've said, you know, it, it seems like anybody can put forward press releases and if you've got lots of content, as we do, you know, as long as you find that story and the angle, as you said, and make sure it's something people want to read, there's no reason why you couldn't have stand the chance of being in the, um, you know, TV or radio or newspapers. It's just Absolutely. about um, persistence, isn't it? <laughs> um, the other thing that you can do is... If you, there are other press release services where you can post your press release. 
And some of them are free and some of them are not terribly expensive, like the main wire services are. Mm. And there is one that I like to use because it's not expensive and they allow you to put images and videos in without charging you. And it has really, if you can find one of those that has good Google News ranking, then it acts also as a, just people will start to find that press release because it's relevant to your topic. So it's yeah. content out in another place. And I've even had journalists find old press releases like that and then call. They weren't doing a story at that time, but later, like six months or even a year later, they're doing a search to look for information or people to interview, and they come across that old press release that you posted somewhere, and then they go, oh, this person looks interesting, and then they call you. Yeah, I think that's what's so interesting about putting content out there, isn't it? It's that if it's in places that are, it's there forever, then you really never know when right. when um, it may come back. It's, you know, I'm a big, big fan of, of SEO and of um, content that lasts longer than putting out things like, you know, social media ads and things that people see in a moment, but when the ad's down, the ad's gone. But all the content that's out there, you just never know when people are going to come in and find you on something. So again, you know, it's it's just getting your message out there in different places. Like even if it wasn't taken, if it's somewhere like that and then someone finds it further down the line, it's still really useful, isn't it? Um so no this well thank you so much Sally um for coming on the show and it's been really, really useful. It's definitely inspired me to look more into press releases. Um the last question that I have is um where can people go to you know, find out more about you and, and to connect with you? Um, our agency website is Meritus Media, M-E-R-I-T-U-S-M-E-D-I-A.com. Cool, and that's the best place people should go to, to find you, Meritus Media. We'll put the um, the links to, to that, to everything that you've mentioned in the show notes for today's episode. Okay, great. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity.